Welcome menopause warriors. Come join us where few women have gone before. Our mission is to demystify the menopause journey. We seek to break through the stigma of getting older and provide our listeners with real solutions, support, and answers to give women the tools to live their healthiest, fullest lives. Our guests include healthcare experts, educators, nutritionists, hormone specialists, cultural icons, and everyday amazing women. Come celebrate with us and learn the wonders of menopause. Embrace the heat. Hello, menopause warriors. Today we have special guest, Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a trusted OBGYN, author, and chief medical officer for a company called Bonafide. Dr. Dweck has written a few books titled The A to Z for Your V, The Sexual Spark, and V is for Vagina. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Dweck. We are so pleased that you are here today. We are also extremely anxious to hear what you have to say. I feel like you um, writing these books, you were definitely on the forefront of what, what we're trying to do and push menopause into the 21st century. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you both so much for having me. Yes, I am in vagina land all day. Uh, just by way of introduction, I am a uh, OBGYN here in New York. Um, I've been in practice for about 25 years. And about five years ago, I started to realize that I valued my sleep just a little bit more than I had. So I decided to give up the obstetrical portion of my practice and focus mainly on gynecology. So now I have a flurry of menopausal and perimenopausal patients, in addition to my patients of all ages, who I really like to help through this journey. And speaking about vaginas is not not always easy when you're surrounded by people who feel a little bit, I don't know, stigmatized by that uh, conversation. So I'm happy to speak to the masses. Well, um, can you tell us, we're really excited about the Bonafide product. Can you wrap us around that a little bit? Absolutely. So my interest in Bonafide Health and the company really came about when they started to talk about natural solutions to this natural issue of menopause. At, at, you know, after all, all women are going to go through menopause at some time or another, it's inevitable, and it doesn't have to be a miserable experience. I was yeah. so interested in this in these products that were being offered because I was finding that my patients were really starting to become much more interested in natural solutions rather than just jumping on the hormone wagon because of concerns about side effects and baggage that comes along with other treatment yeah. options. So I was thrilled so much so that I have now become the chief medical officer for Bonafide Health and feel like I really can speak to the products they offer with confidence. And what, and what are those products? What, what do they, are they, do they target specific symptoms? Yes. So Bonafide Health, Health offers multiple products for women's health, mostly targeting menopause symptoms, but really targeting a lot of symptoms that various women will experience. So the iconic product that I was first introduced to that really turned me on to the company in the first place is called Relizin. Relizin is made from a Swedish flower, and it is aimed towards managing hot flashes, and night sweats related to the hormone changes of perimenopause and menopause. And the beauty of this product is that it is non-hormonal. 
which is very, very important for women who either can't take hormones or who want to avoid hormones for various reasons. And that's actually a fairly large group of women. The other thing about Relizin that I really enjoy is that it's been clinically studied. And so that gives me peace of mind as a practitioner and as a traditionally trained OBGYN to recommend this product to my patients because I feel like I have science behind it to really uh, suggest its safety and efficacy. So I was interested that you said that as soon as you just um, applied yourself to the gynecological part of your practice, that there were tons of women coming to you about perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And that we've noticed that there's just an openness now about, you know, like you said, that we can live through this in a fairly, like we, we don't have to hide and we don't have to suffer as much as say our mothers did. So besides night sweats um, and hot flashes, I'm curious to see what else they're talking about. So listen, hot flashes and night sweats are sort of the iconic menopausal symptoms. Just by way of statistics, of women transitioning into the menopause journey are going to experience these symptoms, but a very large number of women do not address them, don't even bring them up with their practitioners. And that's a shame because they're suffering. I think the other big symptom that is uh, really on top of women's minds and being spoken about much more now are sexual symptoms, including vaginal dryness, which is a huge issue for women transitioning through this time. And, you know, as opposed to hot flashes and night sweats, which are eventually going to dissipate, even though it could take a while, vaginal dryness and uncomfortable intercourse are going to be chronic and progressive over time unless they're addressed. So Bonafide Health has also uh, really uh, come forward in managing this with a product called Reverie, which is made of hyaluronic acid. I'm sure most women have heard of hyaluronic acid. It's something that's natural. Most of our bodies make it naturally, but production does decline with age. And so this product is made of hyaluronic acid in the form of a vaginal insert used to manage vaginal moisture and help with discomfort during intercourse. And it has been a game changer Mm. for my patients. Mm. Uh, So, you know, these are two iconic products that uh, have really been on my radar and I find my patients have been very happy with them. In addition to vaginal dryness interfering with um, general day-to-day comfort, women have also complained of diminished sexual satisfaction. So Mm -hmm. Bonafide Health also has a product called Ristella, which is made from a pygnogenol or a maritime uh, pine bark extract. Uh, And this is a super powerful antioxidant that helps to improve blood flow to the genitals and therefore improve sexual satisfaction and also help with orgasm potential. And it's a little complex with the mechanism by which this works, but essentially it's a strong antioxidant mixed with um, two amino acids and it works to increase blood flow during the sexual response. So this has been very helpful, especially with the hyaluronic acid in the vagina to really enhance the sexual experience that uh, women are looking to do. I know, Franca and I have talked so much about the little blue pill. It's so nice to see that there are stuff out for us to look out for our sexual happiness because, 
Yeah, uh, I know I've said it before, you guys, but I do like sex. Okay, Franca, you go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, I'll take it from here. Is that what you say? Uh, what I love about everything you've just said in the first 15 minutes here is that it's natural. And I think what we found from the doctors that, you know, we've talked to alternative doctors and then, you know, Western medical doctors like yourself that have ha- that have struggled with the bioidenticals or, or actually giving their clients supplements because they are not clinically tested or they don't feel that they could, you know, prescribe them or say, oh, okay, take ashwanda, it's going to help you with hot flashes. So the fact that you have this product and you stand behind this, these products, I should say, from a doctor's standpoint is, is huge for us. We have not come across anything like that yet that has yeah. been completely yeah. natural. Um, well, you so- know, as medical students, we get maybe, I don't know, an hour after four years of medical school in nutrition. Um, I have a strong interest in nutrition and actually studied nutrition before I went to medical school. So I think this was sort of right up my alley. And another reason I was attracted to uh, the products being offered. And look, you know, they may not be for everybody. And as a traditionally trained OBGYN, I usually start with the conservative measures to help with menopausal symptoms, diet, exercise, stress reduction, etc. And then talk about other options. And hormones aren't off the table, but I'm finding more and more that women want to turn towards natural solutions that may not be, uh, you know, pharmaceutical in nature. This brings up something that I think is super important. The people who uh, founded the Bonafide Health Company originally started in traditional pharmaceuticals. Hmm. So they've kind of married the best practices from both the pharmaceutical world and the nutritional world and really mix them in their approach to uh, their product line. So they have an actual sales force that comes to detail doctors and educate about these products that many practitioners may not be aware of, but then they also offer the products through a direct-to-consumer uh, vehicles. So it really kind of hits both worlds. Okay. And how, how long has this been around? How long has Bonafide been around these the, and these particular products? Uh, definitely a couple of years they've been around. And I think that they realized, be, you know, ahead of the curve, that menopause was having a moment. <laughs> and now it's thankfully, it's being spoken about by uh, many more outlets. But really, they were really on the pulse with this. That's great. Because, but, you know, we found you through our producer, Tammy, through a friend who has some European friends. And I guess the the main, the main uh, supplement, is it how do you, and how are you saying it? It's Reslin? Relizin, R-E-L-I-Relizin. R-E-L-I-Z-E-N. Yeah. Okay, which is super important. I'm glad you were spelling that for our listeners. That is like rampant all over Europe, they said. That, yes. You know, the, lots of the Europeans have been using it now for years. And I've been, you know, personally on my own journey and I've never come across it. I've never even heard of any of these products. I'm so thrilled that we found you and fortunate that Tammy had a friend that heard of this. So I'm hoping this really gets it out there because... You know, there is not as much as there's a thousand things out there for menopause now and the market is so saturated. And that's what we're trying to do is make it easier for the listeners to really target in on what works and what helps them and debunk all these, you know, myths of turning 50 and above or actually turning 40 and above when you go into menopause. So uh, very, very grateful. So can you just speak to it? Why it why is it a big why is it bigger in Europe right now than it is here? 
You know, that's a difficult question for me to answer. I think that perhaps it has something to do with the um, availability in Europe prior to uh, the U.S. Uh, number two, perhaps the FDA requirements in the U.S. are a little stricter than what's available in uh, Europe, but really I'm not the best person to answer that question. But the great news is that we have really fed off the experience of millions of menopausal women in Europe who have already trialed these uh, supplements and are doing really well. So that's our uh, that's our benefit. Yeah, I think that's so on point because even through this podcast with Frank and I, I mean, we've just riffed through products and we talk a lot about we fill up our cabinets full of things and we become our own pharmacist. Like, okay, I'll try this, I'll try that. But this product, like you said, at the very beginning has been studied and that is, it's so on point. A lot of these haven't been studied. And yeah, let me tell you about some of the studies that really oh, yeah. swayed my judgment. Yeah, yeah. So for the rel the Relizin product, which is managing hot flashes and night sweats, this was studied in many, many women and... Most of the women in the studies of Relizin voluntarily wanted to continue the product after the study was completed. So I think that really goes to its uh, efficacy. Correct. Side effects were really not reported with Relizin. And there have been in vitro studies done to make sure that there's no estrogen stimulation, uh, either for the breast cancer cell line or for uh, the uterine, or uterine cells, so that there's really no issue with proliferation of uterine lining cells, which is something that we do worry about with women on estrogen. I think that after the estrogen studies were done, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go back to, no, go, uh, go, go, to we... what's called the WHI study. Oh, yeah, do. Um, yeah, so the WHI study was a huge study done here in the U.S. to look at hormone replacement therapy. After this study reported the potential increase in breast cancer, uterus cancer, and blood clot for women on therapy, the amount of hormone replacement prescriptions plummeted. And women were left literally hanging with yeah. what they should do for their symptoms because they were so frightened. So this brings me to the studies done on Relizin, which have not shown any proliferation of breast cancer cell lines in test tube studies. So that's great. And it also has not shown any uterine tissue growth. So no risk of uterine cancer on Relizin. So this is really important. Yeah, we haven't talked much about uterine cancer, have we, Franca? No, and that's my, that no. was what my, my, I have an aunt that passed away from, from that urinary cancer. And then I, I have just such a high uh, cancer rate in my family. So that was why, you know, I didn't do hormone replacement therapy because of that study, <laughs> because of that study. And I know how that was a just huge disservice to women's health. I, I know that. And I, I, I'm just, I'm a little bit blown away and speechless right now because I'm thinking <laughs> where, how had I in all of my journey in the past four years? And, you know, I owned a fitness company. I talked to women, 150 women daily, and not one time did any of these drugs or bonafide come up. I, I'm so, again, happy that we found you grateful to Tammy for seeking you out and that you're here with us today because I do think it's huge. I'd love to segue a little bit because we could talk about a whole episode on these products. But I'd love to talk a little bit about your books and where you see this menopause 
journey, this menopause industry now? Where do you see it going? But like, what? how old are your books? When did you write them? Why did you write them? Just give us a little bit of uh, background on your books. Yeah, sure. So my first book called V is for Vagina, which I assume I can say freely on these airwaves. <laughs> yes, you can. Word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wrote that book with uh, my co-author in 2012. And frankly, it was met with a lot of resistance, particularly from uh, on-air media outlets because of the word vagina in the title, which just blew me away because as a gynecologist, you know, I speak vagina and I've never been hesitant to use that term. I'm sure you're all aware that you can't even use the word vagina on Facebook, which is insane since we can say the word penis, you know, 20 times during uh, the the Super Bowl, et cetera. (laughs) So uh, that was my first book, which was a super fun book. And it it was well received by people who were daring enough to to read it. Um, But I actually rewrote it with my same co-author in a much more voluminous way. And we did euphemize the title a little bit and now called the book The Complete A to Z for Your V so (laughs) that we wouldn't have so much resistance and could get a little bit more media play. These books are not specifically about menopause, but they're generally a day in the life of a busy gynecologist speaking about everything from menopause symptoms to sex to libido to vaginal or vulvar bumps to cancer to PCOS to other hormone imbalances to contraception, you name it, it's mentioned. So those were lots of fun and I think chock full of information and written in a humorous very approachable way, but with sound information medically. The Sexual Spark I wrote with a colleague of mine, mainly as a guide to how to help people or clinicians with exercises for their patients that could help with sexual drive. Because we're really finding that sexual health and general health go hand in hand. Mm. So if we can help women and their partners in the bedroom, then I think it would really help to optimize their general health. So these are simple and almost, you know, silly exercises, but they're actually quite helpful. For example, date night or reading erotica or, you know, changing up where you have intimacy in your home just to add some novelty. And those are just a few things that we bring up in our book of exercises. That's awesome. And so you wrote them, you started writing them in 2012 and then just year after year, you kept expanding on that? Yeah, so 2012 was the first book, and then the Complete A to Z for Your V was in 2018, so that's my most recent. And uh, they they take a lot of time and effort, uh, but yes, so they, they were out there for a while before menopause started getting spoken about so freely. Right. And so have you seen, what? what is the biggest difference you've seen between 2012 and let's say even today? I mean, here we are talking and we've said vagina about 26 times on the podcast, but where do you see yeah. it heading, women's health heading in a, in a better direction for women? Let's put it that way. I absolutely do. I think that it's being spoken about. Women are talking to their daughters about their general gynecologic health Sexual health for women still has a little bit more to go, but I think it's definitely approaching a better place. And I feel like women are not having to suffer in silence so much about issues that are 
quite natural and can be addressed. So yes, I think it's a very positive experience. What I also want to add is that I've never approached menopause either personally or in my practice as a negative phenomenon. This is a time of optimism in my mind. Hmm. There is freedom from having to deal with contraception if that was something that you had to deal with. There is freedom from bleeding all the time or being concerned about that. There are lots of life circumstances that may have put people in a better mental place during menopause. For example, um, maybe more financial security or, you know, personal security or satisfaction with your family life or your professional life. So these are things that I think women should feel comfortable looking forward to rather than just the difficult symptoms that we have solutions for like hot flashes or vaginal dryness. I want to back us up to where you talked about stress and then your, um, you know, your knowledge of nutrition and where do those two things align for you with menopause? I'd really like to hear your, we've had several takes on it, but um, I'd really like to hear what you have to say. Sure. So I think diet is so all important and I hope people buy into that because the whole thought of you are what you eat just couldn't be more true in my estimation. As we age and with hormonal changes, it is natural that our metabolisms are going to decline. This occurs because we lose lean body mass, as you both well know. So tapering your diet so that you can really address this and maintain your weight is so important. I usually recommend either the Mediterranean diet as a good way to address this. And there are a lot of clinical studies now suggesting that intermittent fasting is very helpful for the incredibly common complaint that my menopause patients have, which is weight gain specifically around the middle. So I think diet and these particular types of lifestyle changes in diet are very helpful. Number two, exercise. And I know this is your expertise. I'm a runner. I feel like I cannot get through my day if I don't run. My nurse would probably leave me if I did not <laughs> go running in the morning because I'd be so foul and irritable. But it's, it's just as much for mental health as it is for physical health. And here we go with lean body mass again. So if you can build muscle, gain flexibility, work on your strength and balance, this is only going to help not only with maintaining weight and tone, but also to help prevent bone loss or falling later on in life, all issues that can come about during menopause. So these are proactive steps that I just think are irreplaceable in addition to healthful supplements that, that are going to help some of the symptoms of menopause. Finally, I think stress reduction, particularly this year, is just so underrated and whether it's a 10 or 15 minute mindfulness exercise that we perform just to get our day started or ended, or it's a formal yoga or TM type of regimen, something has to be done to limit our stress. Because if we're pumping out cortisol every day, all day, 365, yeah. that's a problem. It's a problem for our weight, our mental health, our waistlines, and our general existence. So I guess my passion on this should come out with that little uh, editorial. For sure. <laughs> I have a little extra follow-up. So um, when should women 
start thinking about menopause when it before it happens okay (laughs) can you can you just expound upon that a little bit more sure so i think having an awareness that some of these issues may be coming down the pike is what's most important to take proactive steps and this is where your question about is it do you notice that menopausal you know, conversations are happening more easily is so important. Because if somebody at 35 or 40 starts to understand what their mom or their sisters or their friends or relatives may have gone through in their menopause journey, they may be able to address things before symptoms are really uncomfortable, uh, particularly diet, exercise, and stress reduction measures. The other thing is that there is a genetic component to the menopause experience. So it's really helpful for younger women to understand what women in their family have gone through so that they can properly prepare. And again, most of this is going to be lifestyle preparation. Yeah. So when I speak to my mom, she said nothing happened. And so, and we come across this a lot with a lot of our listeners. So I wonder if you could speak to that. Yeah, so either they are not recalling that something happened, or perhaps it just wasn't a subject of conversation at that time. So therefore, there's a little bit of a uh, disconnect. So so for those of us who have that disconnect, like myself, I still get my period regularly, but I do have night sweats. So um, and doing this podcast with my friend Franca has really made me proactive in a way that I probably wouldn't have done anything until I stopped my period. So my my quest right now is to tell all my friends who still have their periods and are getting these symptoms that this is the time to act. And like you said, especially nutritionally, stress, exercise, correct? Absolutely correct. And frankly, these habits are best established before menopause and even before the whole perimenopausal transition. I think hot flashes are obvious to people. Irregular periods are obvious to people. But what does take women by surprise is the vaginal change that occurs and dryness. So that's something I'd love to just impart on your listeners. Uh, You know, that I'm going to circle back around because first of all, I want to we kind of glossed over it. You said something fabulous and 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 so hopeful and wonderful when you said this doesn't have to be, you know, a, you know, like we call it a death sentence or, you know, so negative. That's what we're trying to bring the positivity out in this amazing change that, you know, that happens to us. I do feel like, you know, going now into my 50s, I'm happier and stronger and mentally stronger than I was for sure in my 40s. Um, what something that you just said, not only about the vaginal dryness, but I feel like what happened to me and my friends, not knowing about it and not, you know, not having what, you know, not knowing what I know today was all that irritability, all that emotional instability, all that, you know, um, just feeling overall bad about yourself was menopause. I wasn't crazy. You know, I wasn't, you know, a crazy mom running around yelling like a crazy lady at my head. No, it was me being irritable. And until I realized that and I took care of myself and really had to find solutions for myself, did it go away? So I think that that is 
huge about preparing people before perimenopause to say, hey, look, this is what could happen, not scaring, because SJ always talks to, oh my God, all this stuff scares the hell out of me, you know? And it does. When you start reading all the symptoms, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to say thank you very much for what you said. I think we should be approaching this and being taking it as this is a, you know, a really great opportunity in our life to, uh, you know, to use it to empower us, which is what we're trying to do here with this podcast. I want to circle back around to the vaginal dryness. And this SJ is going to be floored because she always is the one talking about the sex question. But I do. I have so many friends. We've had so many. We've had people on here about just and that just ruins that lack of intimacy with your partner. And it's not a fun time. And it. I have had friends that seriously, the vagina was closing up. The skin, the, the skin was so thin inside one of my friend's vaginas that it was like paper cuts. And, you know, and and. I have a friend who went to a doctor and the doctor just said, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just going to happen. That's what happens. And that was it. And gave her, and this was a month ago, gave her no solution. So could, what happens when someone comes into your office and says, I, my vagina is itchy. I can't, you know, even wear, you know, jeans. I can't I have a hard time sitting down. I can't have sex with my partner. What, what do you, what, how do you help them? Right. So, Obviously, first, it's important to make sure there's nothing medical going on, like an infection or like some sort of external irritant that might be causing some of those symptoms. But more often than not, this is just a change due to diminished estrogen levels and the vaginal tissue changes. It becomes more delicate, less elastic, more prone to trauma or injury. So we need to address this. And I'm just going to bring this up because... Most of us do what we have to do to moisturize our faces every day, right? So we need to take the same care for our vaginas and make sure that there is a moisturizer on board regularly. So moisturizers are used chronically and regularly as a maintenance. And then still, if you need a lubricant during intercourse to facilitate or enhance pleasure, that's fine. But a moisturizer, such as the one I mentioned, Reverie, which is hyaluronic acid, is very helpful to prevent those chronic progressive changes. So I think first rule out infection, rule out a skin disorder or an external irritant, and then go ahead and really be aggressive with moisturizers and lubricants. That That's so awesome to hear that. I mean, Frank is right. That's the thing I'm just terrified about. Um so we um, were, are really interested in a, a blog post you wrote about menopause myths, and we want you to talk about that. You got it. So first of all, I think the first myth that we've already spoken about, but I just want to reiterate, is that menop yes, menopause does not have to be the most miserable time of your life. There are actually many positives that come out of the menopause experience and time of your life that should be celebrated. So I think a reframe of how we approach this time is in order. So that's number one. The other perimenopause myth that I do want to impart on your listeners is that if you have not gone 12 continuous months without your period and you are still having regular sex you with a man, you can get pregnant. So contraceptive measures still need to be considered at that time. Just putting it out there. Yes. 
Another menopause myth is about vaginal dryness, which I know we've spoken about at length, but vaginal dryness will not go away by itself. So unlike hot flashes and night sweats, which eventually will pass, vaginal dryness will be a chronic thing if it's not maintained. So it's something to consider. And I did want to mention there are loads of other ways to manage some of the vaginal changes that come along with menopause other than moisturizers and lubricants, but those are a little more advanced for people who are having more issues. So the dryness is here to stay is what you're saying? The dryness will not get better without managing it. So yes, it's here to stay if it's not managed. So a moisturizer is really key. So what what would you say, this is sort of a Franca question, but what would you say is your overall philosophy for women in the future in menopause? I mean, besides speaking about it. Perspective, how about that? So put it in perspective. I think being proactive about it, approaching it in a more positive light, and really engaging not only your healthcare practitioners, but people that you're in relationships with in conversation, whether it's your partner, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's support groups that are online, or whether it's on your own, where you really elicit accurate content online in order to learn more and gain knowledge, because I think that's most important. I love that you took a second before you answered that question, because I think that, uh, yeah, perspective is so good. And, and I I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit as women to give ourselves the time and perspective to have, well, I don't want to use that word self-care, but that's exactly what it is, an awareness of our power, regardless of what's going on naturally. I couldn't agree more. I did want to circle back on something that you said, Franca, which is that I've had patients frequently come in to my office during their perimenopausal years, kind of not recognizing what's necessarily going on with themselves physically or mentally and telling me this, I am so irritable and so moody, I don't even recognize myself. And I think it's an eye opener to hear that from a clinician's perspective or just from another patient's perspective, because so many women think they're losing their minds or going crazy. And really their hormones are so volatile, it's interrupting their sleep and it's causing havoc with some of their emotions. So think perimenopause before you think you're going nuts, right? Right. And what 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 do you what what how do you help someone that comes in that has that comes to you with that those symptoms? Yeah, so first I like to reassure people that most of the time it it turns out that it is a perimenopausal situation. Sometimes we'll do blood work to check into this. I often will check thyroid function, blood count, lipid panels, other blood tests to just rule out any sort of medical problem or even depression or anxiety issue. And there are questionnaires to look into that. But reassurance goes a long way. The other thing that I recommend that I think we need to pay a little attention to is sleep and the quality of our sleep. Because we cannot underestimate that this is the time that we repair our bodies. We usually recommend eight hours of good quality sleep uninterrupted. There's so much that goes into sleep hygiene, including managing hot flashes and night sweat 
sweats that might be waking you up from your sleep, including managing urinary symptoms that may be waking you up to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So these are things that I'm often discussing with my patients. They sound simple and kind of mundane, but they actually make a big difference. Turn off your screens, phones, iPads, TVs, any stimulation for an hour before you go to sleep because those things can uh, interfere with uh, sleep quality. And consider alcohol carefully because that can be a sleep disruptor. And Lord knows this year has been the year of maybe a little bit more wine than what we were typically accustomed to. So I think there's something to be said for that. That That is the, that is the truth for sure. Uh, you know, sleep is so underrated in menopause, I think. I do think that that is, I know for me personally, that was a culprit. And I think there was a good four years there that I got three hours of sleep at night. It was dreadful. It was awful. But then it's that vicious circle, right? You have that, you know, well, I'm not sleeping because of my cortisol and I'm not sleeping because of my stress and then the hot flashes and everything that you just said. So to just get that all under control is quite daunting. So I I wish I had come to you about five years ago, I'd be uh, uh, I'd be more evolved than I am today. Put it that way. That would be great. We want to thank you so very much for joining us. This was um, really, really positive and I'm excited. I feel, I feel like we are so on the right path. Every one of our guests that we meet, everyone just wants to come on. They want to talk about it. They want to push this menopause, you know, journey, you know, forward, us debunking it, demystifying it. So thank you. I, before, before we say goodbye, I would love for you to tell us where someone can reach you, where would they find you, and how would they find these drugs, uh, or not drugs, sorry, these supplements from Bonafide, and uh, and your books again. Absolutely. So thank you both, because this has been a great and scintillating conversation that we could probably carry on for several more hours. Um, my personal website is drdweck.com. My books are listed on there, as well as my uh, media placements. I am now the chief medical officer at Bonafide Health, and you can go on hellobonafide.com to learn more about these amazing products that are natural solutions to a natural issue. Great. And spell your name for us. Uh, my name, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, we, I'm sure we will cross paths again. And thank you for everything that you do for women's health. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I feel very uplifted. What about you, SJ? Yeah, I really do. I re- that was, I don't know. Well, I guess it was just her, the way she was. She was so matter of fact. I loved that. Me too. And I, she just, she knew what she was talking about. And I just, and you know, our listeners can't see what she looks like, but I, I, uh, It would be great if they went online and took a look at even what she looked like. She just was so, she looked like the picture of health, didn't she? Like she just looked strong and fit and like she was talking from her vagina. I loved everything about it. She just was like, she was just a woman who knew who she was. And I I just, I, I would listen to whatever. I can't wait to read her books. Thank you, Tammy, again for finding her for us. So it is interesting what she had to say about, you know, this being, you know, in Europe for the past like four years, right, Tammy? Is that, isn't that what your friend had said? And I it just it, it make that part gets me a little, I get a little frustrated. I have to tell you, I get a little frustrated by, you know, where has women's health been? Where have, you know, 
you know, that we've been like left in the dark for so long. I still get that, um, you know, not anger, but frustrated, you know, but oh, I certainly, certainly. Uh, yeah. I, and I liked that, you know, she, she talked about bona fide and really went through that thoroughly and didn't have to refer back to or take hormones or do this. She's like, this is a path you can take and this is what it is. And so there was no, it was something you could try without that other question in your head. You could just question, you know, you can just try this natural path, which I thought was cool because a lot of our conversations that we have are one or the other. You know what I mean? And that you don't have to, it's not a prescription. You can just go up on the website and and buy it. Are you kidding me? Like that's huge. Huge. Comparing to have to search out that doctor that wants to, that even believes in the bioidenticals, right? You've got to find the doctor to, that is going to prescribe either the, you know, the synthetic hormones or the, or the, the natural or the bioidenticals. So yeah, I just thought she was. Yeah. Yeah. So without, yeah, that's what I meant. That was not very clear, but what I meant was just that bioidenticals didn't even come up. So this was Mm -hmm. just a real clear communicated uh, conversation to our listeners about this product. I thought that was the coolest part. And she did not, she did not let us stray. No, no. And I love that, you know, she said about nutrition and how super important it is of what we're putting in our bodies, especially during the menopause time that that is huge. I think that's what saved me, Um, you know, because I do eat a Mediterranean diet. And I loved that she didn't say vegan, even though you know me, I like I like everything vegan. But I love that there's an alternative that you know, because I, yeah. I know women are just not, I know some friends that are just not going to ever give up the way in which oh, they're yeah. eating. But For if sure. you can, you know, you know, I love the Mediterranean because it's everything in moderation and it's, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. And, and so yeah. I, I did, I loved what that she had to say about that. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. I just yeah. want to say something. She had the best line that of our whole season, which was, I speak vagina. Yeah. That yeah. Was- <laughs> great. And I was like, oh my God, finally, I've met someone. I feel like I have been for years. Like I don't understand why we can't talk about our vagina health. I don't understand that because it rules us, you know, yeah. and she is, she speaks vagina. I love her. I love her. And when do yeah. you start thinking about menopause? Before yes. menopause. Before, <laughs> right. Even, she cut me off, man. Right, right, right. That was a great question, SJ, because that, that is, that's the whole reason why we're doing this podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It has become that, hasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Is to cut it off at the pass, you know, like before it gets out of control or, you know. Yeah. Hydrate so, your vagina, women. Hydrate, hydrate. Yeah. Hydrate the vagina. That's it. That should be our mantra. Maybe that should be a tagline at the end. Instead of embrace <laughs> the heat, it's hydrate the vagina. Yeah, <laughs> I <great>. like it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, I got to tell you. We've talked to some amazing people. What are we, 11, 10 episodes, 11 episodes now? Yeah, we've talked to some amazing people. And that I just can't wait to keep seeking out more answers, more solutions, more remedies to push women's health forward. All right, embrace the heat. Mm-hmm. Like a hot.